Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Come on, let's really thank him. Let's welcome to church this morning. Who knows, it's good to have great role models in your world and people that you look at and go, I want to I want to aspire to be or achieve what they've done and what they've been. And, and as I said, they're massive achievements in their world. High achievers, they live at a level of excellence that few kind of attain. But beyond that, and I love with that story, I hadn't even seen that before, they're in love, not only with each other and their family, but their God and their life. Uh, and I want to bring people like this, examples like this in front of us to give us that encouragement. At the beginning of a brand new year, let's dream for a big year. Let's strive to achieve and be all that we can be. Uh, but it is really cool to have you guys here this morning. Oh, thank, thank you for you. coming. Thank you so much for having us here. It's so exciting to come up here to Noosa. Everyone seems to be on holiday, even though they're not necessarily. It's just such a beautiful, relaxing place to come. And we're just so fortunate to be blessed to come up here and, and spend the time with you. So it's thank awesome. you. It's fantastic. I, I just want to give you a little bit of an introduction. That showed you some things, but I've done a little bit of research myself, and these guys are great friends. You know, you know Fraser and Tammy. Fraser was up here just a few weeks ago. Tammy was up here at launch. Uh, they're our best friends, and they're these guys' friends and pastors also. So we've got a strong connection in life and from where we've been and where we are right now. But Thomas is a four-times Olympian. Uh, he was the uh, Aussie Sharks, water polo captain. Uh, so he uh, went to four, the 2000, 2004, 2008, 2012 Olympics, massive. Uh, captained Australia, uh, has played professionally in Italy and Spain. He speaks proficient Italian, Spanish, English, you're quite good at as well. Un po', un po di italiano, non troppo, ma un po', dai. Nikki, Nikki, we got anything? Are we going to reply at all? Any Italians in the house? You don't, you don't want to know what I just said. Okay, no. Don't. If, if, but he's also, he's a great businessman. So you've, you've, you're the founder of Water Polo by the Sea, which is a massive event. You're a lot of in, in Sydney on Bondi Icebergs. That's right. It's an event to pretty much to market the sport of water polo to a, a bigger crowd. And I thought one year, let's, let's do it. Let's go down to Bondi Icebergs. Let's put some music together. We've got guys in budgie smugglers. So it, it sells itself. The girls all seem to come out. They love it. Um, Christian, you've been there as yeah. well. You loved it as well. Awesome. Uh, I was a bit worried about that, but no, it's all good. You've got a lovely family. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's been a big, big, uh, big happy success with that. Yeah. That's awesome. And a big thing in Thomas's world is marketing health and activity and sports, especially with our kids and the, and the kids that are growing up. I've driven him around Noosa a little bit and he's saying, there's a, there's a great pool and there's a great pool. I wonder if Swimming Australia has noted that and marketed that so that, you know, to get out there in the, in the lives of our young kids, which I really love as well because these guys look beyond themselves. As much as they strive for success in all they do, they look beyond what they do for the benefit of others. Um, you're also a general manager of, uh, of a family business, rent space which is fantastic. Yeah, so um, rent space is my father put that together about 35 years ago, and uh, for many years I was pushing away from that, wanting to forge my own career, and there was a bit of pride in that as well. I wanted to create my own thing, and I've done some things along the way, but I came into that company, and it's just been uh, very exciting. I'm very business-focused. I love business. I love people. We're all, I think we're all in the relationship business, um, and we have 35 staff, and it's been um, it's been a challenge, but it's been really rewarding to see the efforts of investing in those staff, investing in people, investing in those relationships, and now seeing the outcome of, of a, a very successful team. So Fantastic. I'm really enjoying that, yeah. And, awesome. and also the relationship with my father, which is good. Um, some people, I think, uh, have different relationships with their family and w with, with their fathers especially, but we've, it's really drawn us closer, and um, they're yeah, really enjoying that. Fantastic. 
and you've also a lot of those products or all of those products that we handed out this morning as prizes the hats the funnies the shirts all of that Aussie Oi is another one of Thomas's uh, businesses Aussie Oi proprietary Aussie Oi, that's right AussieOi.com go to the website and get all that great amazing merchandise <laughs> We need a product placement. I missed that one. I should have had a little hat and some sunnies on, uh, which is really cool. And it's to get out and have a bit of fun at big sporting events and promote the culture we're a part yeah, of. It, it's really promoting the culture that we're a part of, and, and we put some money towards some athletes as well. Um, a lot of the athletes that you see out in Australia, you think that they're on big professional contracts, but that's not the case, especially with the Olympic sports. So we, were, we, we kind of set it up to, to put some money towards athletes that want to get to the top and uh, help them along the way. Awesome. And some of you might have seen Elka on television. You're currently the host of Living Well, Channel 7, and also she's one of Koshy's Angels. So the reason we've got stools here today is it's embarrassing standing next to Elka because I feel like a little midget. She's very tall, very beautiful. But you've had a great career. You're a brand ambassador. You're at the 2000-2004 Olympics. You've won medals at the Olympics, World Champs, and uh, Pampex, and Commonwealth Games. So Elka was number one in the world in her pet events, 100, 200, 400, 800. Yeah, 200. But again, just risen, risen to the top in, in all that they've done. But they're so humble, so genuine, and so people-focused. And I, and I really love that about you guys. How have you managed to do that when so many don't? Because you see so many egos, so many, you know, whatever. I could, you know. Um, my answer's really simple, and I didn't know any of that until I came to Christ. And I walked back into church because... Um, for me, the, the big catchphrase that I wanted to tell you today was that there's, it never once says in the Bible, um, God's called you to be successful. But for some reason, everyone thinks that we're supposed to be successful. You know, it's people-driven or fame-driven or celebrity-driven. Everyone hears, you know, gee, you're successful. Or, but it's never once mentioned in the Bible to be successful. God's called you to be faithful and to serve. And Josh answered that brilliantly before i mean no wonder he got um volunteer of the month yeah. he said i love serving and there's actually more power in in being the server than i think being the receiver and so um i i think our whole um our whole life has changed since since entering into god and, and i look back at that sport in a totally different way because i kind of only met christ halfway through that yeah. so um yeah now you realize it's not about you it's it's about your children or the children out kids church or honoring others and serving others and, and there's awesome. so much more power in that Fantastic. Well, I've got a few questions for you guys this morning, uh, and then Elka's going to preach the word. She's a great preacher, so is Thomas, but I just asked Elka to share the word this morning with us, but just for the next five or so minutes, we might just answer some questions. If you guys have got a question, we'll go with that as well, but just in line with what you just said, um, have your motiv- motivations and aspirations changed since becoming a Christian? Oh, absolutely. I think... Um Going back to what Elk was saying in terms of sport and you, you are striving for success and striving for a gold medal that fades and tarnishes. Um, and throughout the start of my career, I was very focused on that. Just It was very kind of me-centric, um, wanting to be the best, wanting to be the best in the world, wanting to be noticed by other uh, brilliant water polo players. But the further I went through, the further I matured, the further I realized it wasn't just about me and it's, it's more about leadership and relationship business that we're in. Um, and also creating more of a legacy. So it's not, not just about what you're doing now, but it's what you're planting and what seed you're planting to grow oh, yeah. for later on. I think um, that, that was a big shift. And it's been a, it's been a, 
long gradual sh- shift my relationship with God and with Jesus but um, it certainly makes a huge difference on, on your outlook in life that it's not me focused it's not me my family focused it's it's everybody focused and, and what kind of legacy you can leave when you're no longer here yeah, absolutely I mean you know when you've come into the power of um, Christ because it does it does change you I am not the same person I was when I was 18 and and I got asked um last year actually at Kiwana Waters and I'm talking there tonight of what's been the hardest thing that I've ever had to learn in you know in my 33 years of life and to be honest the the truth came out was I really didn't like myself when I was at the top of swimming I didn't like myself as an 18 year old I didn't like myself as a 22 year old I am completely different to that person now and you know, I could tell you the millions of things that were wrong with me then and, and a lot of things that are wrong with me now, but I, I know I have a purpose and I'm waking up in the morning believing something. So my motivations and aspirations have changed because I feel so blessed and, and, and favoured and we all should every morning waking up thinking, wow, like God has given me eyes to see this morning or I can get out of bed. All those little things that, that we forget about and, and echoing what Thomas was saying as well, everyone always hears, you know, mate, I'm not in business, I'm in the people business, thinking that'll pump somebody's tires up or make them feel great. Well, the thing is, like, we're actually not even in the people business. If you really, truly care about someone, you're in the relationship business. Very good. And you want to connect with them on all levels. Awesome. Okay, so you've, you've both achieved a lot uh, in, in your chosen professions and passions. What would you say is your greatest achievement? Greatest achievement, 2004, I made the decision to sit down next to somebody in the computer room in Athens Olympics, and I didn't come back with a medal, but I came back with a gold medal, and that was uh, Elka Graham at he the time. He stole that line from me. I did me. steal that line from him, but the more I reflect on it, that was, um, that was a brilliant moment right there. I remember Elka actually gave me a phone call. She goes, oh, I heard you're doing the after party for the Olympic par- uh, ceremony, and, or the, sorry, the ticker tape parade afterwards, and I said, oh, yeah, we should get together and do it. I'm like, yeah, we should get together. And, we should do that. We got to know each other very, very well. And, and Elka introduced me to church as well. I remember that first session. It was after a big night. I was feeling very guilty. And uh, El- Elka thought, uh, look at this. He's, he's already coming to Christ. He's fantastic. He's sitting there. He's praying. And there I was. Yeah, second row so, behind Pastor Phil. I was like, this is the one. There's and a long way like... to go. There was a long way to go. So it's been a good journey. Um, but, but that was obviously a, a big high, highlight in my life. Of, um, and then 2012 in the London Olympics, there was a huge amount of support. There was a, a lot more to get to the Olympics then. And I had different aspirations and motivations of getting there. Um, I set up there, obviously, I was, I was going for the gold medal and, and every athlete is. But, but I had really won the, the gold medal being there and being a part of it because of the the sacrifices that the family put in and people put in and um, and also what what my leadership was in that team so yeah I really I really enjoyed that aspect mm. of it and, and mine would be um, too um, first and foremost and, and I, I feel like I can really now step into this with confidence is actually um, coming back to church and, and giving giving my life to Christ like that has totally changed me and that. That honestly would be. I, I don't. There's no way I'd be here. I don't think we'd be friends. I, you know, I don't know whether we would still be married. Like, you know, there's a million different reasons. But um, having God at the centre of of my world has been everything. So that would be my first and foremost. Um, and then from a professional level, in terms of swimming, um, you know, 2001. You know, receiving a letter and, and knowing that, you, you know, for that that year, that day, you were the fastest person in the world was was a pretty special feeling. I just remember driving home and looking at all the the houses when I drive home from Manly Swim Centre and you get up early in the morning and I just look and think, wow, like right now for that moment, you know, you're untouchable, nobody else is faster than you, but 
it was really wonderful because my mum and dad were so humbling that I always remind you, you know, today you might be the fastest, but tomorrow, you know, you might not be. And, and that's the thing, you have to also bring it back, teach, yeah. and I know you guys preach it to your church as well, that um, you have to remember where the talent, whatever you've got, and we've all got a talent, you have to remember where the talent came from. God gave me the talent to swim, and so um, I, I feel like I'm here now because of being able to swim. He's shown me that I'm more than the black line, so... Okay, so last weekend we had a dream service. We wrote down our dreams, and if you didn't get to do that, we've got more cards and we'd love you to fill those out as well. We'll get one to you after the service. We wrote down our dreams and our desires for 2015. Uh, We prayed over those, and we're just believing that God's going to meet us at our point of commitment to those dreams. What advice would you give to every person here today about going after their dreams? Well, you're going to live your life more in fear and, and ultimately, I think, failure if you, if you don't go after it. And I think the first way to do it is, is to believe, and I always say this, have a dream team around you. Have people that are constantly going to lift you up and encourage you. And so when you say something that sounds crazy, like, and I'm sure I know I had it, hey, one day I'm going to go to the Olympics. And I had lots of people laugh at me. But then I, the ones that, you know, really believe in you said, yeah, good for you. What a good dream. And you pursue it. So you're putting it out there and you're believing. So you have to dig your heels in faith to, you know, to God and say, this is what's going to happen. Because, you know, it, it, it does talk in the Bible about not testing God, but God also says, you know, ask, ask and it will be given to you, you know, and you will receive it. So um, don't be a person in five years' time that looks back and goes, oh, man, you know, I got that word from Chichel List and I, and I was going so well. And then, you know, you had one doubt or one thing, one stumbling block, like a domino fell down, you thought, ah, too hard. Like all the people that have been successful... You know, we would need a whole year to sit down and tell you how many times they failed at a race or how many times Thomas might not have got us selected in something. You only ever hear about people's success. Sometimes I think the greatest story is when people come up and say, this is what went wrong, this is a lesson I learned from it, and this is what I'm going to do in the future to make sure that dream does happen. Fantastic. Perfect. Um, I'd say three words come to mind with that um, in following your dream. There's growth. Your dream has to incorporate growth. We need to all growth. grow. We need to grow in God. We need to grow in our relationships. We need to grow in what we're, what we're aspiring to be. The second one is discipline. Um, if you truly want to get to a dream, and I, and I found myself really using that word last year. I'd finished up with water polo two years ago, and, and, I, and I lost that discipline in, in, in fitness, in focus, in a lot of areas of my life, and I had to really bring that back and, and get back that discipline. So it's every single day you've got to be striving for discipline. It's not everybody's a morning person that jumps out of bed and goes, come on, we're going to go, but, but you've got to be disciplined to try and be that, except this one here. No, 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 I just see the heads, show heads. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's growth, it's discipline, and it's risk as well. You've got to be able to put dreams in place that is a risk. I think, um, was it, gosh, was it Robert Redford or something said, risk is not taking a risk. You know, in order to grow, we need to be able to take risks. We need to put things out there that we don't necessarily think are, are achievable when we first put them in place. But you've got, to, you've got to risk. You've got to get outside of that comfort zone every so often. And, and, and I think in order to grow, you've got to take risks and you've got to be disciplined. So Fantastic. Absolutely. So just some tools towards um, aspiring and getting to those dreams. Brilliant. Is this good? You enjoying this? One more question. I want a question from you guys, and then we're going to get Elka to preach. Who's got a question here this morning? Michelle? That's a very good question. Um, I, I think having three children doesn't allow you to not get out of bed. So that's been a good... Have kids. <laughs> that's pretty good test. And 
I was very fortunate as well in that I, was, I had a team sport. Um, so I had a team around me that was really relying on me. So if, if I made the excuse not to get up in the morning, I knew it was affecting not just me and my, my individual performance, but those around me. So other people were relying on me. Um, going back to that discipline, um, every single day you had to make a choice to be disciplined and to, to really pursue honestly um, where you were going and you always saw the end goal to it as well so if I was sitting up at the Olympi Olympics and I was in front of the crowd which was just one of the most amazing feelings I'd feel like a bit of a fraud if I'd known along that journey that I'd been sleeping in that I'd been um, cutting corners that I'd been cheating in the wrong areas of my life um, and, and so though, those were motivations that looking towards that end goal um, a goal may be as, as, as simple as, all right, I want to lift 100 kilos this, not, not as simple as 100 kilos this, uh, this year or something like that, but it, it's looking at that end goal and then realizing every single time I do that, it's just prolonging it. It's putting it back. It's putting it back. And saying that as well, it's not easy every morning. I'm not a morning person. Elka will attest to that. And, um, and you, you just have to change your ways, change your habits and, and, and commit to discipline. Yeah. There's a great message you need to listen to if anyone follows lots of different speakers. But Stephen Furtick spoke last week about the pattern of um, your product. And he said you've got to get rid of that out of your vocabulary. But we can have that over pillow talk about not being a morning person. Um, look, I think you have to recognise that everybody, you do definitely have flat days. Um, the first thing I'd say that if you are in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, auntie, uncle, is, is like communicate it. Just wake up, you know, and just say, you know, if we take chitchen list, like, whoa, that was a massive weekend service or I just, I just need an hour to regroup. So communication, I think, is really important. Um, and, but for me, um, two really quick things. I, had, um, I work on positivity and, and I'm really big attitude focused. So I had 150 quotes all over my room um, in bright colours. So every morning when I woke up, I just couldn't afford not to miss a training session. Um, my favourite one was, I will not allow anything outside of me to have an influence on me unless I choose it to. Um, and then also getting onto the blocks. If I had trained every session, hadn't missed a session, nothing, and I was up on those blocks, I was never going to bend down and have a 1% of, what about that day it was raining I didn't want to go? Well, what about, so if you ended up, Michelle, touching the wall and, and beat me, well, then maybe you were the person that didn't miss that session. So just knowing you can walk into anything, it's preparation, total preparation. Yeah. Fantastic. Can we thank these guys this morning? Absolutely brilliant. From what Thomas just said... Can I encourage you, life's a team sport. We need each other. You need each other. We need to turn up. We need to participate. We need to train because life's a team sport. Your kids need you. Your spouse needs you. This community needs you. The greater community needs you. Come on. We're going to move this real quick. Elka's going to come and share the word. So uh, get yourself ready. Get your notepads, pens, Bibles, whatever you use, electronic device. Let me grab this really quickly. Thank you, Chief. Let's welcome Elka one more time. Well, I mean, we've been trying to... We had a lovely dinner last night with uh, Liz and Chich. We're trying to come up with a family name for them. We call ourselves Team Whalen because we have um, three young children. And I kind of think once you have more than... Well, once you've got two children or more, it's, you know, it takes up a whole card when you write your name on it. So we just call each other Team Wayland. So we've still got to come up with a name. But um, what they're doing is amazing. The sacrifice, they're bringing everybody into the house. And um, we, we feel so blessed being here with you. So thank you. Um, as I was speaking about before, there are two points that I, I really wanted to talk to you today about. Um, and 
the first, just entering into something light, is it is Australia Day. So we, we are celebrating. We, every single person you speak to asks what's happening on Australia Day. You hope the weather's out. I can't remember a day where it's been raining. You have a barbecue or you will definitely be around the water, whether you're in the water or not. You'll be by the beach. Even yesterday when I was in Sydney and I was running, uh, you know, two older people came up, sat down, and he said, so what are you doing for Australia Day? And he looked at him and he was like, what a silly question to ask. He goes, I'm going to the beach, of course, what everybody does. And I think we take for granted just how, how well we've got it. You know, Australia is so amazing. And I'd written down some notes about just how wonderful the Olympics were for us. For example, we were one of the only countries that every other country would always want to come up to and want our gear. Everyone always has wanted Australian gear. We had been looked after so well. Something about the, the kangaroo and the green and gold. I remember going through all the stations of packing up, getting our clothes for the Olympics. I remember once walking out with eight pairs of shoes, different sneakers. Like, we were given in abundance. Everything was looked after for you. As soon as we got to the village, everyone would hang all the flags up. We were just so... We celebrated Australia. And so tomorrow we will celebrate Australia Day. And just then, you know, we were, I was kind of half laughing watching people about to vomit then with the beers and the drinks and the, but we get, we get into it and the, and the prawns, like it's really easy. We can nail straight away what, what Australia Day means to us. So we embrace Australia Day and we celebrate it. But I guess a few challenges and questions I wanted to throw to you today is, do you feel the same way about church culture? And do you feel the same way about Christ culture? Because it's one thing turning up to church today, you know, listening, listening to amazing Lauren worship. Wow, you've got some presence up on stage, girl. You're awesome. Really good. And then there's another thing of walking out, and some people will probably walk out and tick that box and go on, yep, went to church, listened to the message, gave my full attention, go home, I'll read the Bible for 10 minutes tonight, yep, tick, tick, tick. But in order to be the best you and to get to the best level, you're going to have to require to do more. So if you're seller, tomorrow, the excitement you feel and the joy of everyone having the holiday off, that needs to be brought into that church culture. And, and Lisa and Chich are coming here every week and every day and night and morning, bringing this church together and exactly what Thomas was saying, echoing as well. For this to grow, it needs to be a team and we need to support each other. And we've all got different gifts and different talents. So that was my, my first question I wanted to ask you today was, are you celebrating your church culture? Are you walking in here with a grateful heart? Are you walking in saying, yes, this is everything that I want it to be? I've recently been listening to a lot of Joel Osteen, and he's got a massive church in um, Texas Lakewood. And he said that when he was here recently, he loves the expression of Aussies, no worries. And we say that and we take it for granted. And he said he wanted to bring that back into the American culture. It's like, I'm running late. No worries. I've just had a car crash. You know, he went to extremes. No worries. I've just shot a person. No worries. You know, like, we'll get to that later. So we have this laid back mentality. So first of all, I really hope you appreciate and, and take in tomorrow just how special it is to be living here, to be able to preach and talk about God and use the word Jesus without being taken out to jail, to have a freedom of what we choose and what we don't, to be able to talk about politics and our relationship with Christ and to walk out the door and, and know we have freedom to exercise that. So really, truly embrace your Australia for that. So as I said before on the church, in, in the chair just then, it's never once written in the Bible that God has asked you to be successful. He never has said that. That's people driven and that's world driven. God has asked you to be faithful and God has asked you to be a servant and, and, and to serve. 
and to serve your spouse and to serve your child and to save. And so this got me thinking. And last year, I mean, I'm sure if I asked everybody in one word, what was last year like, you know, you could say it was wonderful, best year, worst year. Mine was almost like an oxymoron. Mine was the worst and the best year. We, we had the birth of our third child who wasn't on that video, Presley, and he'll be one on Friday. And that was the greatest. But the rest of the year was a lot of things were thrown in that I didn't expect and was totally out of my control. So what happened was, I think when you have those moments of really, really tough times, you might be sick right now, there might be sickness, you might be kneeling, healing, whatever that may be, in order for a change to happen, you have to work out what needs to happen and then do it. I think we get really good at saying, you know, I'm going to use my husband's example of I'm not a morning person, right? If you keep saying that, you're never going to become a morning person. So we hear this all the time, what changes need to be made. So I'm asking you now, I'm not asking you to shout them out, whether you write them down on your phone or in your head. What do you know that needs to change this year for order for next year, for last year not to happen? And even if you had the greatest year last year, you know, we talk about all the time, God has even better days that you've even planned of ahead of time as well. So you have to ask yourself that. So for me, the first point that I um, sent that I, I'm sure will come up on the screen is gratefulness and gratitude. Now you hear that a lot, and I used to hear that a lot in church services. Be grateful, be grateful. But do you know what? I, I changed 2014 and my prayer vocabulary for it. And I was speaking to Chich in the car driving down here. I'm not, I'm not asking anymore. I'm not asking God, you know, God, I, I'd really like if this morning goes well. I've totally changed my prayer vocabulary to being grateful. I'm thanking in gratitude in advance. I'm believing that my children are protected. I'm believing that this church is going to flourish and grow. I'm believing, you know, come another year's time, you guys are going to have the chairs filled. You're going to have air conditioning vents in. It's all going to be happening gratefulness and gratitude is definitely going to change you and here are some things that I really want you to think on thanking God ahead of time the first thing Thomas laughs at it again but God is into the small details we live in Sydney where the parking is terrible and the traffic is a joke but I still love Sydney we I tell you we can go to the busiest spots and streets in Sydney and before I even get in the car I will pray for that rock star car spot and God has it there for me it's waiting now there's this joke that goes around about an atheist that says uh, he's looking for a car spot he's looking for a car spot and then the person in the car says to him well, just pray about it. And just when he's about to pray and starts to pray, someone backs out and he goes, oh, no, don't worry, I don't need God. The car spot's right there for me. You know, hello, that's God. You've got to be into the small details. I, we're doing four words. We started in 2014 of June last year with our children. Every night, and they know it because it's four words. We pray for, over them. Wisdom, insight, boldness, and discernment. We want our children to be able to recognize kings, In men, we want our children to be able to recognize queens in women. We want them to be able to judge a person or be able to look at a person and know if they're a good character. We want them to know but they're so young and understand what a stranger is and what a friend is as well. So four simple words. And even last night, ringing Nevada on the phone, she goes, got it, mom, wisdom, insight. She struggles with the word discernment, but she can say boldness. So simple things like that, the little details. Every holiday I go on, you know, even coming up here, I looked at the weather, severe thunderstorms. Uh, Sydney was a joke, the airport, because the Gold Coast airport had been shut down. I was like, God, I'm just believing. I've got 48 hours out here. I need some sunshine. And hello, look at this. It's been awesome. And yet, here I am complaining. I said to you guys this morning, it's so hot. Maybe I wish it would rain again. (laughs) So God is into the small details. Not asking, but grateful. 
So already knowing. So instead of, you know, I, I hope this job interview, walk in, walk in with boldness. If there's one word, let it be boldness. Walk in this year, walking in with a grateful attitude. God, thank you as I walk into this interview that I know you're going to put confidence in me. Thank you, God, that as soon as I meet that person, you're going to give me something to connect. Don't walk in, don't half prayer. God knows that. Walk in with the fullness of it. So the big question I wanted to ask you with gratefulness is, for all the moms here in the room, that same moment that you gave birth to your child, and for the husbands who held that child, that first five minutes of holding you, whether you're firstborn, second, third, however many children you've had, that love, that gratefulness, that gratitude you had, do you still have that now five years on, or nine years on, or when they're having a tantrum, or when things aren't going your way? Do you still have that same love and gratefulness? Because here's the big revelation. God still has that same loveness for you as well. And it keeps going on and on and on. For the people who have bought a house or looking to buy a house or who moved into a home 10 years ago, do you still, when you walk out today, are you still going to walk into that house and go, I still have that same feeling of joy or gratefulness, God, that when I first, we worked so hard to be able to move into that place 10 years ago, unlock, or do you walk in now and go, oh, I've got to fix that light bulb and there's no air conditioning. And, but instead go, God, thank you that I have a roof over my head. Thank you, God, that I have somewhere to sleep at night. Thank you, Lord, that you have put me in a position to be able to lay my head down and know my children are protected at night and that I am safe and I am well. Gratitude in all those little things and just say, God, I am so grateful. When our children at the moment, and they're going through a fun stage of of being um, spirited, highly spirited. I don't like the word cheeky or naughty or attitude, highly spirited. I Part of my heart is happy because I know that they have confidence in them, but I'm also thanking God that they're developing and, and they're understanding encouragement, they're understanding emotions, and it just takes longer to be able to say, you know what, God, thank you right now. It's a tricky time, but what am I learning from this? It also opens the doors to talk to other people. There are no perfect children out there in the world. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect people out there, but in God, you can be made to feel absolutely perfect through him. So we've got to stop thinking about how big our problem is and start thinking about how big our God is. Stop thinking about how big your problem is and start thinking about how God is. Thanking God for your problems. I wouldn't be here talking about this message if last year didn't happen for me. You, you realize that you grow and you learn in maturity and in wisdom when you, you have those tough moments in life and you think, what can I learn from the lesson? Have you ever, and I've been through it, we've all been through it, have you ever noticed sometimes the same lesson keeps repeating if that's that same person you're dating and, you know, it doesn't end up and then you end up meeting someone else in that same thing and you become, you blame other people? Instead of realizing, okay, there might be a problem here. There might be something about me that needs to be changed. And it might not be in a relationship sense. It could be in a work sense. It could be a habit that you formed. You know, they first say, you first form your habits and then your habits form you. What is it that needs to change? And where is it that you need to be grateful for, for your problems? So for last year, when it was a tough year, it was sitting down and working out what, what needed to be better, what needed to be put into action, what needed for me to make that step forward. And, and for me, the biggest, biggest change of 2014 was to start being utterly grateful. And sometimes there's so much I could say in my prayers and I just go to bed at night and I'm just, it could have just been a full-on day and I've just gone, thank you, God. Just thank you that you're in my world. I, I, I admire or I look at people who do life without God and without Christ. And I think, wow, like how, how could they do it? Remember one person saying to me once at the Olympic Village, do you believe in Christ? And I said, yes. And they said, oh, only, only weak people have to believe in something. And I remember hearing that and I thought, 
this person was so ignorant and they so didn't understand that this love and this joy that all of us bring into church every Sunday, no one is, no one is strapping your hands down to walk in. You know, unless Chichi and Lisa told me otherwise, you know, they haven't rung every single one of you individually and said, if you're not here, you're going to get a whooping when you leave. We are choosing to walk in. We're choosing because we've taken that leap of faith and that we want to better ourselves. And for that to happen, it all comes down to being grateful and that gratitude. It says, until I'm a massive believer that, that God told me that until you learn to love what you do have with a grateful heart, God will not change your circumstances to something bigger or something better. So that car that you want, that bigger car, that bigger house you want, the more children that you want, until you are grateful for what you have right now, God is never going to give you something bigger or better, ever. You have to be grateful for what you have right now in this moment. I find that when you're grateful in advance, it steps up your belief. And then when you believe more, it increases your faith. And then believing what you've said in advance will come to pass. It lifts up your attitude. And for me, just it, it's really been a game changer. So gratefulness and gratitude, I encourage you to do that. Um, one thing that I found really great is um, being, I've been reading Psalms at night because um, I find... Um, there's just so much, there's so much love in Psalms. Sometimes I think, oh, I'll read all of Psalm 46 and it's just so long. I think, right, I might just look at two or three of those verses and lines and really just sit there and let that sink in as well. So when you read the Bible, it's not a competition of who can read it the fastest or what you do know. Listen, Chich could come up here and know every single Bible verse in the world. And to be honest, I don't. But what I do know is that I invest my time. It's the greatest book in the world. I know that it has changed my life and that every day I have a relationship with God that is different to you and there's no right or wrong way. What is important is getting closer to him. The second point I've got, I've called it step in and dive. So every year we hear 2015 is going to be your best year. 2014 is going to be your best year. Come on, you're going to be bigger, better, stronger, bolder. I'm not saying I don't agree with that. I agree with all of it. But in order for that to happen, I'm going to throw a challenge out to you. You know, Chich was saying on the phone a couple of weeks ago when we were coming up, um, and quote me if I'm wrong here, Chich, that you read a survey that 92% of people that write down their New Year's resolutions don't fulfill them. Isn't that terrible? Wouldn't it be amazing if it was the other way around? but 8% do. And it made me think that, you know, we always wait until Sunday and we always wait to the end of the year and we think, I'm going to start dieting now. I'm going to start losing weight now. I'm going to, I'm going to be better with my husband this year. I'm going to stop being cross. I'm going to work on my patience, all of these things. But here's the thing. I really sat down with God at the end of last year and, and I felt him challenge me to say, Elka, don't, I'm, there's no list this year. There's a word. And maybe there's a word for you. And you have to ask what that word is. And that word might be something as, I was speaking to some good friends the other day and I asked her and her word was attention. And she's a mom of four and she just said, I, I just need to be fully present and that's my word. And I said, that's a challenging word, attention to everything. Um, and, you know, another word for you might be grow or step up or arise or stop or breathe, but you don't feel like you need to write down a huge list. Often I feel in church we hear, come on, you can do more. God loves you more. That's all true as well. But God also loves you for who you are right now. So get a, forget about the word fame, celebrity, success, everything you hear, social media, good and bad. Shut that off if you need to. I often do that. Once a week, I'll just get my app and I'll just delete it because I find that what I look at will sometimes manifest in my head. 
And I might see that Liz and Chich went on an awesome holiday, which is really great, but that's chewing up my time when I could be focusing on my child that needs toilet training or, you know, you have to work out what's right and what's wrong for you. So my challenge for you is to sit down with God and ask him for a word for your year, not a list, a word. And that word for you could be as simple as do the same, meaning you are on the right path, you are going great. I'm not asking you to step another level higher or step another level, but keep serving, keep plowing. You may feel invisible, but you are invaluable. But the people that are volunteering here, like amazing. The church has been running for what? Less than two years. And you've got people coming in and volunteering and they make this happen. So anytime you think you feel invisible, you are invaluable, irreplaceable, amazing in God's eyes. Absolutely. So sit down and find out what that word is for you. Stop putting borders and boundaries around God. I think we, we often do that. You know, we have limitations. Um, I think the biggest one and my massive revelation was that, you know, I feel really good. I'm on a good God relationship because I fit God into my schedule. And I just got this massive downpour cloud from him going, wrong. You've got it completely wrong. Your schedule, Elka, has to fit in with me. And I was like, yep, okay, that's true. So there's got to be moments that you just dedicate and moments that you walk and talk. And that comes back to my fourth point. The fact that I am grateful and I have this this level of thanks all the time to God, he's in my world so much more than what he was last year. You know, I'll walk out and I'll be like, hey, God, you know, I hope it's an easy transition now back to the hotel room. I hope, you know, I'm thanking him for all those little things. And you find with that, there becomes a relationship in it as well. Our schedule has to fit in with him above all and everything else. Um, I've got a great little jingle. If you keep praising, praise and you'll be raised. Complain and you won't change. I think God hears a lot of complainers. You know, yeah, God, what about this or that? He's not going to change your world. Just keep praising and he'll keep raising you. Keep complaining and you won't change. So your New Year's resolutions, I'm asking you just to find one or two things or find a word and go with it. And the same as well, our, our pastor, Tam and Fro, um, phrase, Tammy actually taught me this. She said that she really switches off all of January, and I've actually been enjoying that as well. And she chooses one or two days where she just sits with God and she says, God, you know, the year is really about to start. We know school goes back next week, schedules, routines, people have children or aunties that you've got soccer, swimming. It's all about to start into this week. And you'll find, ah, oh, easing into this year, it's all really good. And then someone will have a problem and you'll be praying for someone or healing them or visiting a hospital. And all of that stuff's going to happen. Life's circumstances you cannot control. But what you can do in these one or two days is really sit down and ask some simple questions to God of yes or no. And sometimes we, we overcomplicate our prayers. Sometimes it just might be as, you know, God, what is it in my child that I can't see right now? God, do you think this is the right decision right now for me and my spouse? And and get a yes or a no. And think of one or two people in your world right now, I'm only asking one or two, that you are dedicating yourself to pray for this year. And you're just going to go for it gung-ho, that you're going to sit there and just go, this is what's on my heart. I'm going to pray for this person, whether you tell them or don't tell them. And that year, just find that time. And so for me, it was just the two days that went past January the 22nd and the 23rd. And just I've just dedicated the 22nd and 23rd of every month that I'm just going to sit and have that 48 hours with God and just go, okay, where am I at? And just check off those things and write it down. We've got to, I think some of the biggest things that we keep doing is that we keep drawing on canvases that are not ours. You know, we're looking at other people and and we're thinking, you know, I'm trying to keep up with that person. Well, you know, I feel like, 
yeah, coming into this, I was saying to Chich, I really wanted to talk about boldness. And I, I, I had some really strong words of, yeah, stop comparing and stop drawing on a canvas that's not yours. Stop wasting time that is not a God's, God's calling. And here's the biggest one. And this might go against everything in church, but I'm just going to say it. Stop asking God to open doors. I feel like God is saying, ask God first to close doors that need to be closed in order for new ones to open. Because I think often, you know, we we feel like we've got to run this race. We've got to keep up. We've got to, you know, get to the higher level. But maybe we just need to first ask God what doors need to be closed so that things are closed and then we can start fresh, renew, worship, grateful heart and say, okay, Lord, that door is closed. And that, that might take time. Because it might be a door that's uncomfortable that you don't want to close. It could be a relationship or a person in your world. It could be a business. It could be an addiction. It could be the words that come out of your mouth and that you know that needs to be changed. So instead of asking for doors to be open, maybe first sit down and work out what doors need to be closed in order for God to open a door. And in closing, I had a great... Three years ago, we went to Fiji um, to a great place called Voma Island, and I was reading the Bible, and I can't get this verse out of my head, and it has stayed in. And I say it every night before we put Presley to sleep. In Chronicles, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And when I read that, I remember hearing God say to me, Elka, are you fully committed to me? And it made me think, and I keep saying it over and over again, every night. And I say to Presley as I rock him, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And it makes me think, when you read that verse or when you hear me say that in closing, do you think that your heart is fully committed to him? Because that means, like I broke down that context, and that is basically his eyes are constantly ranging throughout the earth to see if your heart is strengthened enough, is it fully committed to him? Is it 90%? Is it 50%? He's looking for warriors. He's looking for more kings. He's looking for more queens. He's looking for regal positions. He's looking for people to step up and to be with him in his world. And we all have that opportunity. But often it it really, um, because there are days definitely, and I think, well, today maybe my heart wasn't fully committed to you. But it makes me think of it every single night when I say it to Presley and I look at him and he can't talk, so it's easy. And I said, you will be committed to him. <laughs> I, I talk it over him. But it's made me realize that, that in Christ I have purpose and I have passion. And it's not a passion of, you know, I've just met my husband and we're so in love and this is going to go on forever because there are mornings he really annoys me. But I love him to death. But it's a passion deeper than that. It's a purpose. It's a hope. You can read a million things of what God or what, or what Christ means to you, but bringing Christ back into my life and, and becoming again 11 years ago and walking into, into C3 at Oxford Falls, I, I was thinking of that this morning. What is Christ to me? You see people look at their books and read, and I was thinking there's no right or wrong answer. What does Christ mean to you? To me... He's been my greatest comforter in moments of severe darkness. He's been, he's, there's this peace, there's this comfort that there's, I cannot describe, there's nothing else I know. He's so real in those moments because against everything that I would normally do, he's been my greatest comforter. He's taught me forgiveness. 
He's taught me to forgive myself and to forgive others, and that's something we constantly need to do on a day-to-day process. He's, he's a light in darkness, and there's a lot of darkness around in the world. He's shown me what's real and what's not. And going back to exactly what I said, he's, he's made me realize that he's never once asked any of us, ever, to be successful. He's just asked for your faithfulness, and he's asked you to serve and just to love you with everything that you've got. So I'm going to ask you now if you could close your eyes and just take a moment right now and ask you and ask God, what is it? What is it to Jesus? What is it to you? What is Jesus to you? Is your heart fully committed to him? Maybe it is. It might not be tomorrow. Maybe it was last week. Maybe you're not sure. Maybe you're still kind of understanding the whole process, but there's something that you can't deny, and that is more than a feeling, his grace, his abundance, his love, knowing that not just on a Sunday or the 1st of January of every new year that suddenly you can be a fresh creation, but right now, this moment, this second. And if that is you, I... I ask you to be bold, and while everyone's eyes are closed and heads are bound down, I ask you just to lift your hand and say, yes, I want to recommit myself to him. I want to say, God, I don't want to give you 97% of me. I want to give you 100% of me. I want to be that person that when your eyes range throughout the earth, I will be that heart that is strengthened, and you can take me with you. God's grace and presence is abounding. It's a cup that's overfilling and it will never ever run dry. Thank you God for touching lives here today. While we have our eyes closed, I'd like us all just to repeat this prayer. Father Jesus, I thank you that I am a child of yours. Lord, help me to see clear in 2015. Show me true love and faithfulness, Lord. Jesus, I give you my life. I receive blessings, Lord, and for that, I am forever grateful. Well, thank you, church. You're amazing. I'm going to ask you to. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.